Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry. And this is our podcast where we give you a behind the scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics. And please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. Christopher, this is breaking new ground for Snarf Talk. Hey there, cats and kittens. It's Chris with Snarf Talk. Hey, <laughs> cool cats and cool kittens. This is Jerry for Snarf Talk. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is crazy. We're doing uh we're just obeying our government. You know, we're doing what everyone should be doing, and that is self-isolating. Or yeah, we're, social we're distancing, I guess. I don't know. Self-quarantining. I mean, for a while, I'm going to go to work tomorrow. So yeah, uh, me too. I don't, I don't know how but, much of a, like a quarantine this is, but we thought it would be respectable to, you know, record in two different locations and not sit right across each other. Cause you spit a lot. Yeah. I do. You spitting on me. So COVID-19 has finally affected the podcast world. It has, but it hasn't stopped us. That's the thing. No, that's what we keep <laughs> not saying. Yet. COVID not yet, will anyway. not stop Snarf Talk. Unless, of <laughs> course, I fall ill. Yeah. Or me. I mean. Uh, yeah, that's true. It'd probably be you first. Because I just, I'm better at Nolan likes the old Jerry flex. He likes it when I yeah. talk about flexing illness out of my body. And I'm positive I could flex a corona out of here. Out of this thing. <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have to test that theory, but. Um, yeah, but we're recording over Skype and it's a little, honestly, it's fine because we got the video up. It's just a little bit of a lag, which is going to make it a little difficult. We'll just have to get used to it. But we have done this once before. We did do this once before on our 12th ever recorded episode with Jason Inman. And I thought it worked well with him. Yeah, it was audio only, um, which was fine. You just have to like make a full thought and then just kind of take a break it's kind of odd <laughs> yeah. you get used to it yeah you do get used to it it's fine it is what it is um and i think the interview went well and the audio was fine and i think this audio will work just fine over skype i mean this is what we have to work with yeah you guys let us know what you think and um boy it seems like this whole pandemic is really like brought the hammer down on our ratings uh yeah people don't apparently want to listen to two hour podcasts at home you know when they're not around. driving yeah that's <laughs> the big thing i think we're really tapping into the driving uh you know what would that be called the driving um demographic where yeah. people are listening to us while they travel which makes sense because that's what, how i listen to a lot of podcasts because honestly or at work yeah or at work but honestly i don't listen to a bunch at home i never usually do turn them on do you uh, not at, well, yeah, sometimes like if I'm doing the dishes and the kids aren't in the room, I'll flip on Joe Rogan or something like that. But no, most of the time it's in my car. I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan 
this week because I've been in the uh, tractor a lot, planting trees. So I'm kind of getting caught back up. I'm excited. I don't. I kind of go through two really big podcast listening, you know, times a year. Yes, in the spring and the fall, and it's something that I always kind of look forward to. Yeah, I I only have the big one in the fall because I didn't. I'm not in a planter tractor in the spring, but uh, I listen to them every day on the way to work. But I get like 30 minute snippets. But honestly, I haven't been listening to very many podcasts lately. I don't know why. I I just really probably because of COVID. Probably because of COVID. It. You're right. That's exactly what it is. It stopped all of my podcast listening. Just like seemingly it has for everyone else. Seemingly, everything in the world is about COVID right now. So, isn't it depressing? Like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's like very, very depressing to me, and I can't stand it. I hate depressing things i'm like a pretty positive person i think and this is not positive like no looking at nothing on the tv is positive most of the time it's not positive but this is like abnormally like doom like just straight doom and gloom all the time and you don't know what's true and what isn't that's the part that's really pissing me off chris is that you don't know what's true what's false what's actually happening it, what's political? Like it just is freaking aggravating. And I agree. I, I mean, I hate it. I agree, and uh, it's just. I mean, it's weird because this should be the greatest thing in the world for me. I love being at home. Yeah, <laughs> I love watching movies yeah. and reading and not leaving my house ever. Yes, but it's like a cruel joke of fate. That I don't get to do that, well, <laughs> and everybody else does. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do any of the things you want to do when you're stuck at home. And yeah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't really been stuck at home, but they Well, that's are... my thing. I haven't, been, I haven't even been home. Like, I haven't been home, and I'm not going to be at home, so, like, I'm going to miss out on all of this fun quarantine activities. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's different when you have many children at home. That's the difference. Yeah. So like they want to, or I have the availability to telework uh, if I need to for like a week, but I still have to actually do work and like report it to the person above me of the work I'm doing. But yet, how am I going to do that with three children crawling around that also have to be homeschooled, mind you. And I have a three-year-old that can never be left alone because he makes sure he is never going to be left alone. Um, it's just like, it's not possible for me to do. I can't, there's no way I can telework, but I don't want to go to work either if I don't have to, especially right now, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. I think I'll just quit my job actually. Full-time podcaster. Yeah. I think I could do that (laughs) because, you know, because of all the money we make from this, Yeah, (laughs) it's just flowing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I imagine about next year, this time we'll all be looking back and going, remember that whole one weird time when everybody just stayed home and everything in the world shut down. Yeah. And everyone ended uh, up being fine. Yeah. I except hope. for like a lot of people that died. Yeah. I know. <laughs> except for that. I didn't mean to downplay that. That's guess, I guess that's pretty serious. I don't know. It's, it is like, I'm usually not, one that gets freaked out by anything but i don't know man you start i start i get worried about all these young people dying and and not that i'm not worried about old people dying Uh, that's a tragedy too but 
Um, now it's just like you don't even hear about old people dying anymore. It's like only people in their 20s and right. 30s and 50s dying. So it's really odd. It is odd, but the big thing is like you don't know a lot of if they have any pre-existing conditions or if they had a condition that they weren't even aware of at the time that made them more susceptible or affected their immune system. I, you never really know. Um, yeah, but you also don't know if you or your friends and family also have undetected it, underlying conditions. No, yeah, so exactly. No, that's what that's what's freaky about it. I mean, a lot of the people that are dying are seemingly pretty healthy, right? Um, and you know, it's just a it's a weird time, man. It's it a is weird a weird time. time. We can try and bring some light to that through the magic that is Snarf Madness. Yes, Snarf Madness is still going on, and we are almost complete. We're in the Elite Eight right now, uh, picking for the final four, Chris. Yeah. this is. We don't uh, have any scores this week either, by the way, because we just didn't, we didn't do that. We will yeah. probably next week. All the brackets are locked into a quarantined... Office. closed office so we're not going there to get it even though i'm there every day Shh. Yeah. but i did I, I did not get them and did not uh score them so we don't know who's winning and losing but um we will give you an update on that next week this round jerry had some real doozies in it i don't know if you know that or not i but. do know that um i had a i had a couple doozies but honestly um there was just there's basically just two of them i kind of had to think about the other two clear winners yeah. For me. Walk right through. Well, I think we can do that. We'll get started on that um, and do our Elite Eight. Why don't you get started um, okay. in the top left bracket? I don't have it in front of me, so I don't, I'm not sure what bracket that it's is. The East. The East. Top left is the East. Uh, I have Daredevil versus Spider-Man. Oh, and I also have Daredevil versus Spider-Man. And what's interesting, Jerry, is I'm sitting in my tiny little cramped office. Yeah. That's just like... I, I can't even show you how much crap is piled in this room. I spent like 30 minutes just unloading crap so I could sit at this computer. But right behind me are all my comics, and there's a lot of Daredevil, and there's a lot of Spider-Man. So yeah. clearly, those two are my top favorite. Uh, this pretty is, much. This kind of like ruins your bracket, doesn't it? Because couldn't you have had both of those in the final? Um, You know, I don't think so. I, I no. don't think so, honestly. Um, okay. This is about the right place for them to meet. Okay. Maybe maybe in a, in a different world they could have met in the Final Four. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Elite Eight or Final Four, they wouldn't be in a championship together, no. Okay. I, I, I would have figured they would have been or could have been. But this will be an interesting pick for you. Uh, for me, uh, I kind of I, – I did have to think about it a bit. This was one of them that I had to think about. But at the end of the day, I had to go with my boy Daredevil. Um, oh wow! I was not expecting that. Really? Actually, I was kind of expecting that for you. Yeah. I was gonna say. I th- I felt like you should never. You've that. never been a huge Spider-Man guy, so I haven't been a huge Spider-Man guy. I do like Spider-Man a lot. I think he's a great character. Um, and the story that's there and the villains that he has are incredible. But I mean, I say it every single time. I just like the dirty, gritty. Like, you know, bash your face in type comic book. And yeah. that's Daredevil. Daredevil is all of that. It's very 
like I always say, I don't want to talk about doom and gloom, but that's Daredevil is always doom and gloom because he's a blind dude that just gets punished all the time, but yet somehow prevails. And I enjoy that because it's like a story of him always overcoming like the ultimate obstacle, which a lot of comic books are, but in his world, it's just, it seems more real to me. And I love Daredevil. So, and oh, a lot of that is because of the show, but a lot of that is because of uh, the comic books too. I would say it's evenly matched for me between comic books and the TV show, but Daredevil had way more like gravitas than Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I could see you going there. I'm not surprised by that pick at all for you, but uh, for me, there it wasn't even close. This is a all the way hundred percent Spider-Man. So um, uh, that's, I, I mean, I, I, literally there are two of my favorite two of my top five characters of all time but at the end of the day i gotta go with spider-man spider-man for me has been you know one of my favorite heroes uh one of my favorite comics one of my favorite cartoons movies the whole shebang uh for as long as i can remember and you know do you get the same is it the same okay so with daredevil you're getting a lot of the um the grittiness in some of the iterations anyway, but you're getting a lot of grittiness, a lot of real world, but it's a lot of him versus the outside world and him yeah. getting a lot of bad breaks and kind of him versus fate, if you want to say. Um, but Spider-Man's all about him versus himself. Um, you know, he's a spy, he's a, a hero that is constantly living with his own uh, issues of self-esteem and, living with his issues of is he good enough is he you know he, he just he has a lot of uh he he pushes himself a lot and he has a lot of self-doubt and i that always to me was interesting about that character okay it surprises um, me that you say it was uh far and away an easy choice i really thought you'd have to think about it a little harder i assumed you were going to pick spider-man but I thought you were going to have a harder decision than just saying like, nope, easy. I'm picking Spider-Man. No, I mean, when you look at the depth and the breadth of the, the stories that have been written, um, there's, uh, there's a lot more about Spider-Man. He's it's his own universe that's been created yeah. around that character. Um, there's more movies, there's more cartoons, there's more books, there's more content. Um, the character has been around longer. And ultimately I think it's a, it's a deeper world and a deeper character um, than Daredevil is um, for the most part with the depth and the breadth of the storytelling that's been done on that character. Okay. Good explanation. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. So, so I mean, a, a little bit of it, a little bit of it's my own personal preference, um, but a lot of it I'm basing that pick off of just, you know, what is the bigger picture for the entire industry and that's Spider-Man. And, you know, if it comes down to my personal preference, I, I still would be Spider-Man, but it would be a harder, I mean, this is your be a harder pre decision. Preference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who would, who would I gravitate first towards a book about that would be Daredevil probably. Yeah. Um, you know, if I had the two comics sitting in front of me and I've never read either one, I'd probably grab the Daredevil comic just because it is a little more, it is a little more gritty and it is a little more, I don't want to say adult oriented, but um, it's heavier. That's what I was going to say. There's more weight to the story that you're going to read 
with Daredevil than the story you're probably going to read with Spider-Man because Spider-Man is always a not necessarily lighthearted story, but a, just like a a classic superhero tale. Is you know what I you know what I mean? I, think I wouldn't most say of them that. Are. I mean, Spider-Man definitely um, it covers a lot of uh, uh, like I said. There's a lot of him in his own head analyzing his own emotional well-being going on in Spider-Man. And there is that as well in Daredevil. I think Daredevil's got a little more drama, like soap opera-ish drama going on, yeah. um, which isn't a bad thing. I love a, me in my soaps, Chris. I yeah. gotta catch my t- my shows. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> at the so end of the day, I'm going Spider-Man. So if we can go down to the West Side story. West Side, I have Captain America versus Swampy Thing. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one for you right there. I have completely different ones. Uh, Doctor Strange versus Deadpool. Oh, wow. Doctor Strange versus Deadpool. Uh, for me, honestly, it's not It's not that hard of a pick at all. It was an easy one to... Th- I mean, I, I like Captain America and all, but you can't beat Swamp Thing stories to me. Like... Well, I'm actually I'm a little bit surprised. I thought you'd go with Captain America on that one. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. Um, <laughs> you would. Swamp you wouldn't pick. Thing, a, you wouldn't pick a Marvel guy over a DC guy. Come on. I mean, most. No, most times I wouldn't. I mean, if like you said, if this was matched up a little bit differently, maybe I would have. Uh, you know, it could have been in any combination in this bracket, and maybe he would have made it further. Um, but if he met up with Swamp Thing at any point in this bracket, he's going to lose. Um, yeah. Swamp Thing is one of my ultimates and forever will be. I love the art, first of all, like in all of the comic books. I don't care what iteration it is or who, who drew it or whatever. I just love the art of Swamp Thing. Um, it blows me away every time I see it. And uh, there's one that uh, Brian K. Vaughn wrote, and... It was about uh, Swamp Thing and his daughter, but the covers on those books, and I should look it up. I, I should have had the artist's name to be able to say who it is, but the covers on those books are just, like, incredible. They look like oil paintings, um, and they're just unbelievable. But every book you get of Swamp Thing, the story you know is going to be, like, super heavy and heartfelt um, because that's another one that's always about, like, him battling himself, like, internally. Uh, but also obviously having that external uh, fight, whatever is going on. Uh, but that internal battle of Swamp Thing in and of itself is by far the greatest. And then um, the art is amazing. And he's just, he's one of my ultimates. So he will easily destroy Captain America in my mind. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I had that pick, I'd do the same thing just because, and, and you make an interesting part about the art because this is, we're talking about comics here. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like a lot of times that, a lot of times that gets neglected. Um, but I mean, the visual storytelling with Swamp Thing is always been tremendous. Even if you go back to like the first 20 issues and that uh, Bernie Wrightson oh. uh, run, every issue cover is, um, every cover is cinematic. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just an amazing, uh, amazing thing. But 
I had Doctor Strange versus Deadpool. Um, for me, this isn't too difficult to be honest. I'm a I'm a big fan of Doctor Strange. Um, everything that they've done from comics and cartoons all the way through to the MCU adaptation. Yeah. Um, but if I look at what I've been a fan of longer, what I've enjoyed reading for most of my adult life anyway, um, and the whole nine yards, I got to go with Deadpool. Deadpool has always been one of my favorite characters. Really? Um, I never would have really thought that, you know, I never thought that Deadpool would be in my final four, to be honest, but that's just how it goes, I guess. Yeah. I don't I, know. I honestly but, wouldn't have uh, thought he would have made it that far. I wouldn't have. Yeah. But if I think about like the longest running books I've collected other than Spider-Man, probably, Actually, no. I've probably collected more Deadpool than any other book. Um, really? Yeah. And I just, I love the humor and the comedic side to it. Uh, the art is not always perfect, but a lot of times it's really, really good. Um, and I just, I love some of the fantastical storytelling they do in the Deadpool comics and then mix it with humor. And I just, really enjoy that character I always have and I've always liked that character so much you know Doctor Strange I've always liked too but uh, I just don't have nearly the base knowledge of you know oh, yeah. that I do with Deadpool yeah so I get it for, that's it for me on my uh, left side of my bracket in my final four will be Spider-Man versus Deadpool uh, and I my final four is Daredevil versus swamp thing wow there you go <laughs> oh my god <laughs> there's a matchup there's a matchup you wouldn't expect i would never have thought that no that's unbelievable uh all right so now we move over to the other side we are on the south bracket the top right i have wolverine versus batman Ooh, that's a tough one there was uh early on Ugh. alex was cursing us for making <laughs> making him have to make this decision. He said yeah. it broke his heart. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I mean, this is nightmare scenario where uh, you don't want to see two people matched up or two characters matched up like that. And um, I mean, it is what it is. It's the way the the cookie crumbles, you know. And uh, you got to make a pick. Who do you have? I have uh, Harry Potter versus Batman. Um, what and a joke. I don't think I don't think it's a joke at all. And for me, honestly, being a huge, 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 huge Harry Potter fan, um, even though it's debatable whether or not he should be included in this right um, bracket at all, because I kind of did some research on this and there aren't any comic books um, of Harry Potter. So I'm not really sure how he got on this bracket. Um, but he is. But I'm a, so. but I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and it's been a big part of my life. But, you know, and it's going to be the same thing with you when it comes down to it. It's always about Batman. Right. <laughs> right. It really is. And that's, um, I mean, even though I absolutely love Wolverine and I know you absolutely love Harry Potter at the end of the day, Batman is the, is the guy. Everything revolves around Batman. I think he's one of the reasons why comic books survived as long as they have you know and why they've made a resurgence obviously marvel is a huge part of that too for the resurgence part of it but um 
I think what but the biggest part of it has been the Batman movies all the way from 1989 exactly. all the way until today. I mean, yep. that's what's driven the whole medium forward. Yeah. And it's been the most influential thing, probably. You know, I, there's an argument for Spider-Man. He's had a lot of movies and the X-Men, too. Uh, but, you know, they were making the Batman movies in the 90s and the 80s when they weren't making anything else. So, yeah. Yeah. They. This is what started it. I mean, Batman's started everything to to take comic books into just being the superhero story into something that you could take more seriously. Um, yeah. And he's my favorite. So bad. And the best the part movie. of the, and the best part of that is, you know, that could be enough right there without the fact that they just absolutely and continually nail the best stories. Don't they? You know, because they because they have the best creators. They, they pull, have the best creators to choose from. Yeah, they pull the best people to be on that book and, and you know, whatever else they're doing. And they just make great story. And you would think by now that the, that you would run into an issue of like all, every, every story has been written or like you can't figure out new stuff for Batman, but somehow they do it. And these people are geniuses and even taking old stories and reworking them to make them new. And it's still good. And I don't know yeah. how they do it. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying every single, every comic that comes out is a home run, but they have consistent, you know, right. They consistently nail it about with about three or four runs or mini series or special events throughout every single year where there's at least three or four or more really fun, interesting things that they do. Yes. You know? Yes. And, 100%. and I don't even, I, I mean, there's so much Batman content that comes out that uh, there's no, I mean, I don't even come close to being able to digest all of it. I mean, it, there's multiple be, books and yeah. there's all kinds of things. It'd be very hard to do. I mean, you almost have to dedicate yourself to only read that book because so many of them come out now. And well, that book and Detective Comics and all the villains have their own books. You know, and, and to be honest, is it worth it? I mean, is it? I guess the the audience wants that, but to me, I think I'd rather have. A like a one story that they can put all of their effort into to make it, you know, completely epic every single time. Which, like we were just saying, like most of the stories are really, really good. But uh, I just, I think they've spread it out so far that you lose a lot of that really good story because of it. And I don't know, I would like to see them focus a little more on a couple stories rather than 10. Yeah. And, and for me, like you said, they, and we'll get into more of this probably later on down the road, but uh, what really solidified this for me, we really, and brought that back into the fold was um, the Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo run oh, yeah, from the buddy. new 52, which everybody shit on the new 52. But I mean, look what it gave us. It gave us so many wonderful runs of so many different books. So, yeah, I think looking back, a lot of people don't, shit on it as much as what they did they were when it was like in the middle of the new 52 run like because it was changing all of these characters so much that people didn't appreciate but looking back at all that story i think everyone realizes like wow they did something pretty good there well look at it they did with batman swamp thing was great for that run i know they did some amazing stuff with flash 
Um, I never read any Aquaman, but everybody said that's when Aquaman yeah, that, became I was interesting. Just say, Aquaman became something completely different in that run. And uh, the- Wonder Woman, I don't, you know, I think there was a lot of good stuff happening with Wonder Woman at that time. So a lot of, they really, they did, they did good things when they did that. Yeah, I think I agree. So uh, that's an overall Batman for the win. Not taking yes. anything away from Wolverine. I love you. No. I love you, Logan. But you're not Batman. Uh, <laughs> uh, Midwest bracket now. Back into our home territory, Christopher. Right in, right in there. Right in the heart of the Midwest in the Corn Belt. We got Thor versus Guardians of the Galaxy for me. And I have uh, Ghostbusters versus Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm interested to see what you're going to pick there. I really don't you know, know what you're going to do. As I sit here at my desk, I have oh my gosh. an Ecto-1 model that I've built just like a couple years ago because that's how much I love Ghostbusters. When you first pulled it down, I thought it was a 3D printed model. But then... No, that's a model I built. I also have some Deadpool, oh, Deadpool yeah. gear here. I don't know if you guys will be able to ever get this video. Um, but I got lots of fun things. That's I, cool. I got lots, See, lots of Deadpool yeah. stuff here at my desk. I got this, mine's this over, bad boy too. Mine's over next to me. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, um, in our any, in anyway. our most recent um, uh, bundle of snarf, I gave a uh, we gave a Deadpool um, Funko Pop to uh, Mr. Sean Johnson, one of our oh, yeah. uh, Patreon subscribers, and uh, he got a Deadpool holding a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, you guys awesome. can uh, you guys can be a part of that too if you subscribe at one of our levels on Patreon, Patreon.com/snarfcomics. You can get a get a bundle of snarf. That's the one that went out for Sean, one of our uh, subscribers, and then uh, Erica, another one of our subscribers, got a really sweet uh, Fallout bundle um, that had some pretty cool uh, socks and a journal and some other stuff in there. So if you guys want to be a part of that, just you know, I know it's like it's like twenty five bucks a month. But You're also we getting... spend most of that yeah. money just buying you cool stuff. And we try to make it stuff that we think is awesome, but we spend a lot of time trying to think of what our patrons, what we know they like, so we can buy stuff that they would enjoy too. So Yes, absolutely. Okay, back to the bracket. So, yeah, I have Thor versus Guardians of the Galaxy. So uh, this, again, we had talked about this in the last episode about you know, I didn't really read much Guardians of the Galaxy, and I haven't read a ton of Thor. Uh, but I have read more Thor than I think Guardians by far. But this is a, a sole decision on um, basing it off characters in the movies and stuff. But also a little bit, I guess, on comic books, but not much. I don't know. I don't know how to how to weight this because it's two um, very different characters that are and. It, in the Marvel universe right now or in the cinematic universe are kind of coming together because it has been proven that Thor is going to be, uh, in the guardians movie, the newest right. guardians movie. Um, I had a hard time with this one. This is one that I weighed on for a, a little bit. And, uh, I ended up going with Thor. If you can believe that. I can't believe that. I figured you would actually really? see, I thought yeah. you'd think I'd go with guardians because, the Guardians movies are by far my favorite. Um, Guardians 2 
um, is my favorite if you go back and listen to that episode. Um, but I picked Thor just because I love that character and I love the immense power he has that they don't tap into in the movies and it bugs the shit out of me. Um, and I am of the unpopular opinion where I don't necessarily like the fact that they made Thor fat and schlubby um, at the end of the Marvel movies. Um, or what? what is it? Uh, Endgame. Wasn't my favorite decision. I thought that they should have made him a little better. It was funny. It was a good like comedic relief, but I just really wanted them to play up his character the way it is in the comic books, and they didn't do that. So, like I said, unpopular opinion. Most people really enjoyed that, and I thought it was funny, but still, the, the overall character, I believe, is better than the Guardians because their comic book runs weren't very good. Uh, in my opinion, uh, in the past, they are getting a lot better. Apparently, people are really enjoying the new stuff that came out of Guardians of the Galaxy in the actual comic book world. And of course, we love the movies, but at the end of the day, it was the God of Thunder. There you go. Um, well, my pick, I, I think, was a, it was a little difficult. This is probably the hardest pick I had, I think, because it, it's like, you go, do you go for the nostalgia pick, or do you go for the here and now? Because... You know, I don't know. That's as far as guardian, question. you know, as far as guardians go, I don't really have a lot of time with that universe and those characters. Just really those couple movies and a little bit of things here and there. I've, I've you know, seen watched the cartoons, which are really good. Um, you know, I've I've read some of the comics. Um, not much though, to be honest. Um, and I love those movies. But, you know, even outside of those movies, there hasn't been a lot that I've necessarily gravitated towards. Um, other than I, I do like Rocket and Groot a lot. Yes. Um, but Ghostbusters, you know, I've been around with them my whole life, you know, from the comic, uh, from the movies to the cartoons. Um, but it's one of those things that's kind of uh, become almost a stale, a stale franchise at this point. Now, it's getting a huge reboot this summer. Um was it this summer or is it next year? I can't remember. I think it was uh, supposed to be this yeah, summer. Yeah, it was supposed to be this summer, yes. It'll probably get pushed back, but you know that's going to get a huge reboot, and we'll see what it does for the franchise. But yeah, it's difficult. It, you know, my first impulse, I'll just, I, and this isn't my pick yet, but my first impulse right away is go for Ghostbusters just because, you know, I've, you know, I've lived with that franchise and those characters and those movies for my whole life. And I feel like going with the nostalgia play, but, and then if you think about it, like guardians of the galaxy, those movies are so good and so affecting, you know, that, you know, they, it makes a big impact on you, man. This is a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think I'm going to have to go with, oh man, I think I'm going to go with, um, Oh man, you should see his face. He's really struggling. <laughs> I don't know. Really, I'm, I'm having a very, very difficult time making this decision. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Are you crying? I'm, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm crying inside because I think I'm going to go with um, with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think I'm going with that. Okay, that's what I thought. I had 100% planned on picking Ghostbusters. But as I just started talking about it and lamenting about it, I thought specifically more about um, Groot and Rocket, right? 
and I kind of forgot how big, you know, how good those characters are. And, you know, I don't know. There's just more story there with Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I really like cosmic stories and fantasy on a large scale. And you get that with Guardians of the Galaxy times a million um, times, maybe the most of anything outside of Star Wars. Um, so I have to go with that because I'm such a fan of that type of genre. Um, whereas Ghostbusters, you know, I'm a huge fan of comedy and I like that a lot. Um, but not a huge paranormal guy. Sure. Um, I appreciate it as a comedy and I appreciate those movies and those cartoons, but it's not really a universe that I feel like I can lose myself in. Yeah. So I got to go with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's a solid decision, Christopher. So on that side of the bracket, I got, I'm going to have in my final four, Batman versus Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and I'm going to have Batman versus Thor. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so, it. That's, that, that's our final four. Yeah, uh, final for me, four. Spider-Man versus Deadpool and Batman versus Guardians. I got that's, da- Daredevil versus Swamp Thing and Batman versus Thor. And I'm going to be honest, that's pretty much where I thought it would be when I kind of scan this at the beginning of Snark Madness. I, I mean, I pretty much that's what I figured would be in the, in the final four. So I knew two of them. I knew Swamp Thing and Batman would most likely be in the final fours. Uh, but honestly, I really had no idea what was going to be up against them. Um, I, I well, I know who's going to be in your championship. So. Um, yeah, and it's going to murder me. <laughs> it is. I think no, everybody... I know exactly what you're going to pick, so... I don't know. I don't know if you do. I don't know uh, if I, I do. Don't. I don't know if I do. It might be... It might be just a, you know, shoot from the hip kind of pick that we'll will see. blow your mind. Nobody really knows. So... Well... Now we're on to what? News? Do we have any... Do you have yeah, some do you, news? I don't have any news. Um, did you have anything? So um, they're saying that uh, Mandalorian season two should act as a follow up to Rebels. Did you hear about this? Uh, yes, because we didn't we already talk about Ahsoka Tano being uh, Rosario Dawson being that, ca- cast as Ahsoka well, I Tano. Know we posted. Some did we talk stuff. about that? I don't think we did. I thought we post we posted some stuff on our social media about it um, because it was such huge news when it came out. But I don't think we really discussed I, that. I don't think we either. Uh, we did either, and that's a shame because I want to talk about it now. Uh, Ahsoka Tano is my favorite, uh, probably my favorite, or one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time. Absolutely love that character. Rosario Dawson is actually one of my favorite actresses of all time. Yes. Um, by a wide margin. And she is literally perfect casting for that character. I know. Um, so I don't even know how they even... I don't know why I didn't think of it and how they even thought of it and then cast it correctly. And to me, it's absolutely amazing. They blew it out of the water with that pick. And I'm so glad... They got it right because I was worried. I mean, you have to assume that Ahsoka Tano was going to be in some sort of show. You know, you had to have figured at some point she'd be brought in. Everybody wanted her to be brought into something in the Star Wars world that was live action. 
and uh, they're finally doing it. And man, did they make the right pick. So seeing her in The Mandalorian is going to be unbelievable. And I'm really curious as to where the story is going to go now. I mean, we know that it obviously is tied into Rebels because of the whole Darksaber uh, at the end of the first uh, season. So you know it's it's leading into that type of stuff. I'm just really excited to see what they do with this story because this show could be huge. I mean, it could be absolutely like one of the best things they've ever produced of Star Wars lore. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know where they're going to go. I'm My only concern about Ahsoka Tano live action is she is such a um, gracefully physical jedi or not really a jedi but you know what i mean she's very acrobatic i should say right um and you know most of the things that she does it's going to be hard to do in live action compared to what she does in the cartoons i mean the same could be said for anakin skywalker too in the cartoons he's very he's very fluid and very agile and very um acrobatic yeah and but but not even as much as ahsoka tano is so it's going to be difficult for them to recreate that, um, especially, you know, with an actress that isn't a martial artist by nature. No, um, but they got wires so, and cables and CGI. They'll, yeah, they'll they'll figure it out. And who, who knows how they're going to play it or what role she'll play or how big of a role she'll play. I mean, we don't have any idea. So um, I'm just I, I just want to see it. I just want point. it to happen as soon as possible. And I know we probably have to wait another year or so for that to happen. But. I'm sure they were in production. They're probably shut down now. So we're probably delaying that for a ways. But yeah. And this is another thing that really, I know this isn't the right thing to think about when you're thinking about a pandemic. I mean, obviously, we should be worried about how it's affecting people and how it's affecting livelihoods. Uh, but it honestly bothers me that it's affecting a medium that we love um, because it's absolutely going to affect the entertainment industry and what, what we get in return, like all of these good stories we talk about and the things that we love aren't going to be produced, you know, for a while. And it's really putting a hindrance on what is released because nobody can go to movie theaters. So there's some huge movie releases and things that were supposed to happen this summer that aren't going to happen now, um, or are going to be pushed to a different medium. Like, um, they released today that, and I don't really know anything about this at all. About art, it's called Artemis Fall. Do you know that show? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really looking forward to that. So it's based on a book series. So it's still they're not going to do a theatrical release at all, and they're going to push it straight to Disney Plus. Um, Which is crazy to me because that would have been probably a big franchise movie, or that was their plan anyway. Yeah. So for them to be doing that to me either tells me that. The movie's not very good. Um, well, I mean, or I don't know. But I don't think you can. You, I don't think you can judge the movie on how good it is because of their decision to put it on Disney Plus. I think it's literally just trying to get stuff out there to people because they know we want it out there, and the only way they can do. Well, it why right wouldn't now they just streaming. wait? Because it it wasn't supposed to come out until like August anyway, right? Um, I, I don't remember the release date for it. I'm not quite a hundred percent sure on that, but, uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't even know when they're releasing it on Disney plus at the moment. Cause I don't think they said, they just said it is going to go right. to Disney plus. So, 
Well, I, don't know. I mean, I'm I'm all for it. That's great. Um, but you know, I'm I I I'm one of these people that I would prefer to see the stuff come to the movie theater. I know it's less convenient. I know it's more expensive. Even if I don't get a chance to see it in the movie theater, I would rather that it goes to the movie theater first. But that being said, you know, I'll make it work. Uh, I was going to rent last night. There was a bunch of movies that are out now that were in theaters and they just dropped them and you can rent them now for like $20. I thought you could buy them, but I think you can just rent them for $20. So it's uh, it's a steeper price. I'm yeah, not sure exactly is. how that works. Like 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 the Vin Diesel Bloodshot movie, it was out. Yes. Um, and I think they're calling it like a first look or something like that. And I had assumed it was $20 to purchase the movie, but I, I think on talking Alex was someone telling me, and he said he thought, oh no, it's it's 20 bucks to rent the movie. Wow. Okay. So I'm not sure. Which still, if if you got two or three people watching it, you know, yeah. that's cheaper than going to the that, you know, that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. It does. But I just I think it's crazy that disney will release movies early um that you can buy but then so shortly after they put it on disney plus like they just yeah and we'll talk about one of those examples later because i got a uh something i've i've watched recently so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and i was just going to say the exact same movie but yeah we'll talk about it when we get to uh what we're watching um another big piece of news came out they dropped uh today i think the venom 2 trailer I don't know. I did oh, you get a chance did. to see it yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, I didn't. And I, I haven't either. So we'll save that one for next week. Um, but they did drop the Venom Two teaser trailer, so I'm wow. excited to okay. check that out and and see see what that's all about. But I I didn't have time today to watch it. So yeah, I didn't even know it came out. So that tells you how much I've been paying attention to. Um, and then. We did talk about Mulan, about how Mulan was going to be pushed probably to Disney Plus as well. Oh, I I heard they push they're pushing the theatrical release, but are they just going to Disney Plus? That's what I had read that they were talking about just pushing it to Disney Plus and not even giving it a release. Because oh my god, I mean they probably spent two hundred million dollars on that. I know, and it, well, I mean it's set to be released July twenty fourth. So, I don't know. I don't know when they're going to do that. Unless that's the new release, well, because originally wasn't it supposed to come out in in March, March twenty seventh? Yeah, it was originally so. Yeah, it was in April. So uh, Disney gives Black Widow and Mulan new release dates and moves Artemis file to Disney Plus. So no, they're still going to get okay. at least for the time being theatrical releases, um, but not until the summer. Mulan is set for July twenty fourth. Um, it was set to come out April 24th. No, it was March 24th. March 24th. Sorry. Yeah, I, I thought it was supposed to originally come out in March, but um, yeah. Um, and it. then uh, the movie suggests that Disney believes people will be back to the theaters by mid-July to watch blockbusters. Fox's uh, Free Guy, that's the Ryan Reynolds Taika Waititi one. They pushed that to December. Um and Jungle Cruise got pushed back a full year. Holy crap. And it's, I know it's hurt a lot of productions. A lot of productions are, were in the middle of shooting and they had to stop all of that. So like the yeah, Batman pushed. is, uh, you know, the new Matt Reeves movie with, uh, what's the guy's name? The Twitter or the Twilight guy. 
Yeah, um, uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, so that movie's been completely halted. Uh, the new uh, James Bond movie, they were like wrapping up filming for that, and they completely halted that and pushed it back five months. So it's, it's yeah, hurting all um, of it. So here's some more uh, ones. Uh, they were filming Indiana Jones. I didn't even know. The fifth Indiana Jones was being filmed. It's got pushed back a full year now from July 2021 to July 2022. Um, in order for Disney to release Black Widow um, in 2020, a number of Marvel movies had to be shifted. Black Widow will now open November 6th, which was the original release date for The Eternals. The wow. Eternals will now open on February 12th, 2021, the spot that was originally held for Shang-Chi. And that one will open now May 7th, 2021, which will move Doctor Strange uh, to November 2021, Thor, February 2022, and Black Panther 2 to May 2022. My question is, is if it's going to hurt anything with Dune? I don't think so. I think the stuff that's set for November uh, is going to be fine. I don't think it'll hurt Disney to move Black Panther to November. I'm assuming by November the theaters will be back in back in action. Um I don't think it'll hurt them one bit. I mean, what is, I mean, it, the it ones that it hurts but... are the ones that were already out yes. or co- came out right at the time. If you're going to push a release date down the road, I don't see why that hurts anything. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it does either pushing them down the road. Um, but it's just the ones that were coming out like this month, uh, next month even, and the previous months that had actually been released. Those are the movies that just literally got destroyed because they did release them in theaters and then nobody could go watch them. That's unbelievable. Right. That's, and that's the problem is that's really, really hard on not only the studios, but you know, it's really hard on movie theaters. So the movie theaters depend on these big blockbuster movies to drive people in the door. So they're really don't want, they don't want studios releasing to streaming. They don't want that happening. The studios don't want that to happen because where they're going to make, 20 million dollars on streaming they could make a billion dollars in the box office right so the goal you know and i i think they should personally as a fan i want them to push them i don't care if you got to push them for a year i'd rather do that you know and i hate to say this because i want the stuff right now but i'd rather they push it you know i don't want to see them push stuff off a year but if you can push it forward four, six months, I'm fine with that. Yeah. 100% I, fine. I'm in the same boat because I want to go to the movie theater and have the experience of watching these movies. It, at least for movies like Black Widow and Mulan, yes. you know, which are movies I really, really want to see and I want to see in theaters. But it's not like I can't wait. Yeah. I can't, you know, I, I can wait to see Black Widow. I'm not like dying for Black Widow right now. Like I have to see it right now, but it looks amazing. And I want to see it in theaters. And if I could see it in theaters six months from now, I'd, I'd prefer to do that. Yeah, I completely agree. So uh, do you have anything else? Um, No, I got a bunch of what I've been watching. I've got a ton no of that. News. I got a ton of that. I don't really have much more news unless you want me to search for something, but I'm not going to do No, that. that's okay. We don't need to do that what do you got for what have you been watching oh man so many things so i'm gonna gloss over a couple of them real quick because i'm still uh we're still in the middle of the seasons of devs and dave i think there's only one episode a piece of each of those left 
Yeah, I'm in the middle of those two. So I think we can talk about them hardcore once we finish up with them. I'm I'm a little behind on devs. I'm so I'm about one episode behind on Dave. So but Dave right now is like my favorite show. So I caught up Uh, on Dave and uh, because I just have to watch that. It's just so fun to watch. So and recently, actually, I've been watching. uh, I, I looked up some YouTube videos of him just like in interviews and then. Uh, there's a couple other little like YouTube shows that are out there. Um, one of his best friends, his name's Benny. Um, he has his own like YouTube show at, with another guy named Maddie Matheson. Uh, he's a chef and has his own YouTube stuff and done a lot of stuff with uh, uh, like I don't know if he's done it with Food Network or the or Travel Channel or something like that. But Maddie Matheson is like an incredible he's a good chef but he's like the weirdest human being or just like he's a very large overweight has tattoos all over him he's loud curses all the time and it's hilarious to watch like he's just a funny guy to watch and he's been on a youtube show but they had dave on there dave bird um on there because benny's his best friend and this dude acts exactly like the show like <laughs> if if you watch the show Dave and see how he acts, that is legitimately how he is in real life. Because I started, I got down in like this weird rabbit hole of watching different clips of Dave, and he was on a podcast. Um, who was the podcast with? He was on a podcast that I watched, and he legitimately just acts that like neurotic and strange, and it's hilarious to watch him. And it was kind of refreshing that it wasn't a put on character, you know, like he's legitimately that weird and analyzes things like to the extreme and is very abrupt and like open on all sorts of his life. He's like very open on everything that he talks about. And it's just, it's just weird, but it's intriguing to see this weird dude have success at that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's fun. I love it. Yeah, it's always um, interesting when, because it's such an anomaly, right, to have somebody be really, really, really open about and transparent about everything. Because so many people keep so many little guarded secrets about everything. Um, And there's something very refreshing about that form of transparency and openness that it makes you want to be more like that. But it's also fun to watch it's it's terrifying to think about in my own life to be like as open as he is about some really like private stuff that i'm just like i'm not going to do that um but i guess he's been getting a lot of flack lately about uh he's never put out an actual album oh really it's only been youtube songs and uh videos and you still hmm. to like to this day, he still has never like made a studio album, I guess, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but he's good at rapping, you know. Yeah. That's something I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, those are uh, yeah, Devs and Dave. Hulu is killing it with that stuff. Uh, I obviously again I watch Top Chef like crazy. American Idol, I've been watching like crazy. Um. It, oh, I have not watched any of it. A new one was on tonight, and it's just so good. I I love it. They're in Hawaii. Apparently, Hawaii's the thing now where they make all the big cuts down to top 20. 
Yeah, um, that's where they did it. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, I haven't watched it at all this season, but I was ho- big into it last year. I know. Last year was so good. I mean, the people were so amazing that were on it last year. I love it this year. I mean, this year's, I think, on par, and uh, there's a lot of really Well, good I'll people. jump on. I usually jump on once they get down, like once they get to the studio. You need you to know. watch. Well, th- this was a question I had, too, is like if this is going to push – this is going to have to push American Idol, right? This pandemic, because they can't yeah. have a big studio audience and have yeah, everybody right. there. Because everything they're showing now is pre-recorded, right? Yeah, and they had a little. Um, Ryan came on in the beginning and said, "You know, all of the shows that you're about to see were recorded in January prior to uh, the pandemic going on, uh, just to like ease people's minds, but." Now, as of tonight, they finished, I believe it was finished, they finished picking the top 20. So the top 20 is the one that goes to the like live studio, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's right. I don't know when they're going to record that stuff then. Unless they just change the format of the show, which is possible. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. But yeah. even even having just the people working in the studios, there would be too many people. I don't think, right. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, so it might ruin so, that show for me. Thanks a yeah. lot. It'll 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 eventually happen. I guess. Um, but the one one of the big ones I saw uh, was a show on Amazon that just came out called Tales from the Loop. Oh, I was wanting to watch that. I haven't started it yet. So I just I only watched the very first episode, um, and I have to say it was very intriguing to me. Um, it's strange. It's different. It seems. Uh, it's a dystopian type show where people are living on earth, but above what is called the loop. And you don't really, I mean, from one episode, I don't really know what the loop is. Uh, but the, it was a crazy first episode to like, you just find some weird things out about one, one specific character, this little girl, um, where she's just trying to figure out what her mom does basically in the loop. She always always asks her mom what she's doing in the loop, and she never gets any answers besides, like, she's trying to do an experiment. Um, and then just some crazy things transpire. So I need to finish that to talk more about it, and you need to start watching it, uh, I think. Yeah. Because uh, we'll from one episode, I don't out. have a, a whole grasp of what's going to happen in this. So it's, yeah. it looks... The production, though, is amazing. It looks amazing. It look, yeah, it looked amazing. Uh, just the cinematography and the special effects and everything. So I was definitely... That's on my list to check out. Uh, and then, well, there's two other things. One of them is going to be the same that you've watched. The next one was uh, a David Blaine show that is on Hulu that apparently just came out because of the, right off the bat, he started talking about a quarantine and he was showing video of himself like doing magic tricks in front of people on a computer. I don't know if they added that later in production or Uh, maybe is that the one where he was doing magic tricks in front of uh, LeBron and yes. Yeah. I saw that one. Did you watch the whole show? No, no. I saw it on YouTube clip. Oh, well, yeah. So it's called the magic way. David Blaine, the magic way. Um, it was, it said season one, episode one. So it, it's the very first episode. Apparently I just watched it last night and that freaking dude. 
It's crazy. I don't. It's insane. I it and almost to like it bugs me almost. I know. That's how I feel right now. Like I was talking about it this morning to Amy. Um like this is just nuts to watch this guy do these tricks because it's so personal. It's like so upfront with these people and a lot of it has to do with card tricks and whatnot. I understand a lot of times that's sleight of hand, but the dude in one clip had Emily Blunt. So he was with John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. Chelsea Clinton was at this party too. They seemed a little inebriated. It looked like a birthday party or something that he was at, which is strange to say adults are having a birthday party with a magician there. Um, but Is it? I think so. I mean, If you lived in Hollywood and were rich, you would have a magician at your birthday party. I just think like if you sent out a text and said, I'm having a birthday party and a magician will be there. I think that sounds funny. I know is, we're, we're I, talking I about David Blaine. Do that. I would love to do that. <laughs> um, well, my birthday is this month, so maybe I'll my get My 30th magician. birthday we spent at Dave & Buster's, so. Okay, that's similar. <laughs> that's similar to being as cheesy. But uh, anyway, he was there. They all seemed inebriated, but he let Emily Blunt, or no, he he sewed his mouth shut. So he had her like pick cards and then he sewed his mouth shut with a giant needle, stuck it through his lips with a string, sewed his whole mouth shut, and then uh, then did the card trick with like holding out the cards and whatnot. Emily Blunt picks her card, puts it back in the deck, he shuffles it, and then has her cut uh, the strings from his mouth. And he opens his mouth and you can see strings on the inside when he opens his mouth up. And then she pulls a card from his mouth and it's the card that she had picked from the deck. How do you do that? I don't why, even why understand. Do you do that, first of all, but I, it's just, he stuck a needle through his lips. Yes. He pinched his, was lips. he bleeding? He pinched his lips together and sewed his mouth shut. Wasn't he bleeding? No. How was he not bleeding? I don't know. Ask David Blaine. That's insane. I don't like that. It was wild. <laughs> And then there were so many times like with LeBron where he did a trick and uh, LeBron standing on the other side of the kind of on the other side of the locker room, but he was doing a trick with uh, Anthony Davis and Anthony yeah. Davis is the one picking the cards. And then it un- ends up being under LeBron's watch. Like what the crap, dude? Like it's just yeah, wild I, and like unsettling to me to watch these things because I don't you know, know some of that stuff it. has to be set up ahead of time. Is it though? You know, some of it's camera tricks. It's gotta be, there's just no way that some of it can be done. I don't know. I don't think you can make a career at that doing magic in front of people on the streets with camera tricks. I, I did feel like I noticed a one slip up on the one he was doing with Anthony and uh, LeBron and he removed suits from the deck i don't know if you saw that one it's like so they i mean i watched remove, the whole thing but i don't remember removed that all the diamonds or something so he and it's he's holding it out and lebron's sitting next to it staring at him and the the deck literally just starts shrinking oh yeah 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 in front well, of but i noticed on the last one and it was like spades or something and he says okay which one do you want and lebron's like you mean to remove or to add. And he's like, yeah, which one do you want? And I just thought, I thought I caught him because I like, I figured he could do the trick either way. 
depending on what he was going to say, whether he was going to say spades or hearts, he could say, you know what I mean? Yeah. I he wasn't, he wasn't being specific about adding or removing. So I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. But that it still doesn't still, give away the trick on how. No, it's not the trick. Yeah. So on how he removes cards. Cause yeah, you do see the whole deck just start shrinking. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, no, there's a couple things I've been watching too. Uh, was that all yours? Uh, that's all of mine. I had one more, but I know it's going to be one of the same as yours. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that one last. Um, I just started watching uh, Happy season two, is out on Netflix. Um, yeah, and it's awesome. Uh, I've only watched one episode, but it's crazy, just as crazy as the first season, just as crazy as the book, and I love it. Um, Wasn't that? I thought that was an FX show. Um, I don't know. I think it was on, I think it was on Netflix. I don't remember what it, no, it was on some, you're right. It was on some network, not FX, but now it's on Netflix. Or sci-fi, was it a sci-fi? No, it wasn't sci-fi, but it's on Netflix now. And you can tell because they're going full hard R rating on it. Oh, And it's great. And it's super violent. And, um, it's, it's just insane and awesome. And I absolutely love it. And I recommend it. But I've only watched one episode of this season, so I don't want to get too much into it. And I don't want to, you know, I don't know how good it is. But yeah, that is when I started watching. I did completely. That's why I haven't watched much is because I started and finished uh, season three of Ozarks. You know, that's one show I just have never gotten into. And everybody's I been talking that. about it. And I don't know why. I don't know how you haven't gotten into it. It's f- a crazy, crazy, awesome show. Um, I need to give it uh, more time, I guess, because the first season to me felt so depressing. Like there was oh, no, it is. there was no it, way he was going to get out of this. This it, has kind of been always been my bitch with this show, and and season two is just the same, and season three for the most part as well. It is a, like a extremely, extremely depressing show, and. Yeah, I don't, I'm not big in people that. are constantly making like irrationally bad decisions, which can get really annoying after a while because they go from like one irrationally bad decision to the next because of complete lack of communication whatsoever. So, see, but it seems like you're just that like lack of- nailing it for me onto why I, I don't, I don't tie into this show because there's like no glimmer of hope until no. the very end. And that just doesn't, that doesn't that, keep That me. is right. That's exactly right. And it is annoying, too, because people make really, really, really bad decisions all the time um, because they usually because of stupid lacks of communication or to the point where you're just like, all right, come on. I mean, like they can't make this many dumb decisions in a row. Regardless of all that, I still absolutely love this show. It's still super fun and entertaining to watch. And it always has twists and turns that you don't see coming, like for real, don't see coming. Um, so I really, really enjoy it. Now, this season, I will say the first half of the season was incredibly strong. I thought very, very strong and interesting. Um, I think it was probably my favorite season so far on the first half. And then the second half starts and they go down a whole storyline involving um her brother and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give anything away, but I don't I honestly don't feel like you're ever gonna watch it anyway. So um but they go on this whole storyline with her brother that shows up and 
it, it lasts like four episodes or more mm-hmm. and it to me it was it was infuriating i think it like really really brought down the season um wow. it drug it down super slow a b i think it was just a bad character um completely c it led to just an unbelievably amount of irrationally stupid decisions on everybody's part and like d he has like a he's bipolar Okay. And I don't think they represent that correctly. They make it seem like this bipolar disorder is, I think, which I know is extremely serious problem. But the way they portray it, it's like they had nobody that with any sort of a psychological degree or background <laughs> that was telling them like, no, that's just not exactly how somebody would act just because they're bipolar. They wouldn't make like unbelievably stupid, irrational decisions. Yeah, and like not be able to progress past the mentality of a toddler because they just <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's there's definitely some things I did not like mostly in the second half of the season but the first half I loved and then the ending of it I really really enjoyed too and the very last episode is fantastic has an unbelievable amazing twist ending um, which they're so good at and Jason Bateman is absolutely amazing. I think he's great. He's a very good um, actor. Yeah, I love I love that show, and I I would recommend it for sure. And I think everybody's watching it anyway, except for you. So yeah, really, um, I do feel like I'm the only one that doesn't watch this because so many people are talking about it, and uh, and a lot of our listeners have asked us like if we were watching this, and um, I just haven't haven't done so. But apparently, I, I need was definitely. I've definitely I've been sucked into it. Um, I don't like it as as much as a lot of other shows. Um, it's not like my favorite show, but it's definitely one. It's a binge show. You know, it is you sit down and you start watching it when you go to bed and then it's like three o'clock in the morning and you're, you're still wanting to watch it. <laughs> really? Um, it's definitely a binge show. So I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but the big one I watched and the same one you watched, um, we chucked checked out on Disney plus waited for the d- decided not to give Disney their money and to say that away for the Disney plus a release of onward, the yes. new uh, Disney Pixar movie, which um, I never saw in theaters. You never saw in theaters. I know I your wife and kids went, but um, did you check it out? I did. I, so I watched it first thing this morning. Like as soon as I oh, woke really? up, I watched it this morning because I knew you had watched it last night. I was too busy last night playing uh, super Mario brothers deluxe. Uh, oh, it's a great Switch. game. I played that uh, last night too. I beat the Ice Kingdom. See, I didn't. I haven't got that far yet, but because yeah. we had just started it. Fun game, very hard, very reminiscent of like Super Mario Brothers three or like Super Mario World. Yeah, I love um, it. But with a lot of little fun things built into it. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, it really brought back the nostalgia I needed. We haven't it's played so a game like frustratingly that hard though. Doesn't it drive you crazy? Like. Yes. So Amy was doing much better than I was, but uh, it's it is way harder than expected. And when you you had I told you we were playing that, and you text me and you're like you're like it's hard. And I was like, no, it isn't. You know, like we're we're flying through these levels, and then we didn't, and then we stopped. Yeah. And I can't remember what level we're on, but I haven't even passed the second world yet. I think I'm on the last level of the second world. It just it, and it was late, and I was like, I'm done with this. And I didn't get a chance to play any of it today, but uh, 
yeah, anyway, so I watched Onward this morning because we were playing that game, and you had texted me and said, Onward, that is all. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just give you my uh, my thoughts on it right now. It's definitely, like, if it's not my favorite Pixar movie of all time, it's in the conversation of top three or two even. I thought it was absolutely incredible. I absolutely adored and loved this movie every minute of it i was glued to you know every second of watching this movie um it had humor yes all the humor uh an unbelievable story an unbelievable amount of emotion um i really felt like this was a i want to say outside of like inside out and um the last two toy story movies it's really like pushing the boundaries of how much maturity you can put in a children's I movie. think that's a good point because it it is a very mature type movie like I don't uh, the boys came back from watching this movie and they're like yeah it was fine it was good and that was basically it but Amy came back saying like oh my gosh there was like it was like so emotional like towards the end you know or uh, all the way through it but definitely towards the end um i didn't have the same feeling of where it would be like the my favorite movie of that pixar's ever made but because uh, i thought the beginning was a little slow to me and i don't want to say boring it wasn't boring um but it, it just didn't grab my attention right off the bat and I knew it was going to have magic, and I knew it was going to like go on a quest, but it just felt too slow to get to that point. You know, like it kept yeah. reiterating the same things over and over again until they started on the quest. But once they got on that quest and like started doing what the actual story was, um, that was great. I thought it was awesome yeah. how they tie everything into each other. Uh, like. I think it's incredible when he has the realization that his brother has been doing all of the things that he's wanted from his dad. And I honestly really love too how they tie in um, the van to the brother. So yeah, like, he absolutely. holds so much weight into this van. And if you think about it, and I will, and I was, is that like he, like that van led him to do whatever he needed to do. And it was like a huge part of that character's life uh, in doing like the, the magical quests that he was doing on his own to begin with. Like it was all because of his like faithful steed, you know, and which was his van. And it was a huge thing when they, when, or when he like sends the van off to like crash into that rock, uh, and all the parking tickets fly out of the windows when it's like, yeah, it's, that's a great moment. It really is a great moment. And it kind of hit me when it happened. Like, wow. Like what he just did was like so huge for him and his life because he does love that machine so much more than anything else. Like that's been his only companion because him and his brother weren't really that close. His mom was doing, you know, single mom stuff. And it was just him in the van. So him sending that off is like watching a part of him go and die, you know? And it was yeah. actually like a lot heavier than you think. And he was making a huge decision at that point to like help his brother. And I thought that was, that part was really cool. 
Yeah, I, I just honestly, uh, I, I didn't experience the same thing. I, I had uh, from v- the very beginning all the way to the end, I just thought it was really well done. And yeah, obviously it really takes off once they get on the quest. And the ending is very good. It's there's, I mean, there's points throughout this entire movie where I was tearing up. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Especially towards the end. Um, but I don't know, like, you know, this, I don't remember. I know we did our top picks, our movies. I don't even remember what I picked, to be honest. I think I picked Inside Out, but I can't remember. Um, I, I this honestly is, don't remember mine uh, either. I think uh, we this did is, Toy Story 3. Uh, I don't remember. Well, this one to me, honestly, I, I, and I'd have to watch it again and watch some of these other movies. I think I'm going to have to go probably, this is probably my number one because not only does it have all that heart and emotion, but on top of that, it has a really good story and so does Inside Out. But on top of that, it's a little bit more my genre. Um, it's a very nerd-based yes, movie. Absolutely. It's fantasy and magic. So it's like taking all of those things I love from some of these other Pixar movies and then like putting them into the exact type of movie I would like in the first place. So it's really like a perfect storm for me of um, a Disney Pixar movie. And I, I thought it was incredible. I, I um, It's unfortunate. I think this, um, you know, situation i don't know how long it was out in theaters before this all went down so maybe i know it was doing pretty well it was out for a while yeah I think, it was so. out for a little while i don't know how well it was doing in theaters though like i i don't know of a lot i think of it was doing pretty well it. i think it was doing pretty well okay yeah it it's way better than i expected i honestly wasn't uh, looking forward to the movie really at all after seeing the trailer because i didn't think the Me trailer neither. was all that great I didn't think the trailer was good. And we actually talked about it on the podcast. Both of us were like, nah, the trailer doesn't look good. Yeah, we um, did say that, didn't we? Nothing like, exciting. I'm probably not going to see that. And that's why I didn't go to see it to begin with. Um, it was beautiful, too. Unbelievably it, yeah, well really animated was. and shot. It was a really, really good looking movie. Um, it didn't do anything exciting in the box office. It did, um, I think it had a $40 million opening, which for a Pixar movie is not great, probably. Um no, when you think about the budget that it takes to make something like that. Yeah, uh, domestic gross, $61 million total. Worldwide, $100 million. So that's pretty poor for a Pixar movie. I, I would say that anybody would enjoy this movie when you watch it. Um, I don't think it was as light as what it could have been. Like I think they could have put a little more, a, a few the more marketing. jokes in there. Yeah, the marketing was not good. I, I honestly, I I didn't hear much about it. I I don't know. They weren't like promoting it heavily or something. No, they really didn't. They didn't promote it very heavy at all. Um, but you got to understand too. Um, when this came out, yeah, I know it was out in the U.S. and it was definitely hurt by COVID a little bit. But you know, a lot of the Asian countries, which yeah. are huge consumers of uh, Pixar and Disney movies, were in the middle. Um, they were sh- completely shut down in January and February. So it probably got completely devastated by that. So, but it still managed to cover its budget, I'm sure. Um, so that's good. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was really, really good. And I, was it? Uh, was it uh, Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess I didn't even really put that. That was Tom Holland. Yeah, I guess. Um, Chris Pratt does his best Jack Black impression in the world in this movie. 
Uh, I would agree with you. Yeah, he does. It, I think it's a really fun character, and I like him as the character. For some reason, when I was watching it, maybe maybe it's just me, but I felt like the voices and the faces didn't match up very well. Like I didn't get that, seemed... but I did feel like the voices uh, at times took me out of it a little bit because it was like so noticeably Chris Pratt. Um, yeah, it just was like he, different. You were not getting like lost in the character super, you know, just because everything that character did was so overemphasized. He was just very Chris Pratty and uh, it kind of could take you out of it a little bit from time to time. And then there was a lot of times where I'm like, man, is it is it Jack Black or is it Chris Pratt? Because <laughs> it yeah. could be either one of them. Um, but I still think it was great. And he did a fantastic job with that character. I guess I didn't really notice the other one. Uh, was Tom Holland? Uh, he it was the he was the U.S. version of Tom Holland. It was yeah. still Tom Holland, but it was like his U.S. accent. You know, he was a little bit. I could see where you were saying at the beginning it was a little slow, and he wasn't a super likable or relatable character, and, especially and that, in the beginning. That is the character. I get that because he's not assertive. He's not outgoing. It just you know, even when he was alone or by himself, he still wasn't anybody that you he, he wasn't attached fun. to. Yeah. You know, and yeah. normally when they're alone, that's when you build up the character and say like, I want to be this, I want to be that. But it was just kind of like, I'm sad. Yeah, there was, there was a little much of that, but I think there was enough later on to redeem it for me. Totally. Um, the mom was a really fun character. The, tavern owner oh yeah uh, that was the manticore she was great manticore um I, the and, centaur and i would say i would probably say it's easy in my top five though i would agree with you that it's probably in my top five i don't know i mean i'd have to go through the list all over again to see what it's going to beat and what would beat it but it is very good um i and i kind of am kicking myself that i didn't go to the movie theaters to watch it because i think i would have loved it in theaters well I'll tell you what, it was a really, it was a beautiful movie, so it could have looked really good in theaters. Oh, I guess, you know what, here's some other, here's some other Pixar movies we're, we're not thinking about. Uh, Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, Ratatouille. Um, oh, I have Ratatouille as my winner. Inside Out, um, The Good Dinosaur is everybody's favorite. Yes. Um, I had it as 10. Oh, and Coco. Oh, that's such a good movie, too. Ooh, oh, no, Coco. I don't think that's a Pixar movie, though. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, list of Pixar films. Oh, yeah. So Coco's definitely up there. That's a really good movie. And Incredibles 2 is really good. Monsters University might have been my number one. I think that was really a good movie. I don't think that was your number one. Well, that's up there. And I think Inside Out was my number one, if I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, I had I'm gonna, I'm gonna, up, I would put there. this in my top um, three somewhere mixed in there with Inside Out and Coco. Uh, you know, those are all really good movies. I have since we did that pick Pixar like movie pick. Um, I have a much better appreciation for the movie Coco. I hadn't seen it like enough. I don't think or paid attention to it enough back then. Uh, but now. Gosh, it's a very good movie. Yeah. I love yeah, that movie definitely. so much. Um, it's way better than I gave it credit for at the time, and I probably would move it way further up my list. Uh, you know what's another did. one that um, I never really, it's not that like I didn't like it, but I wasn't like 
unbelievably crazy about it at first, but it grows on me every time I see it is Wally. Um, I'm not, I'm not in the same boat there. I, I like that movie. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people do. I, I, a lot of I people don't. Do. And I don't really get sick of seeing it. Like it's a fun movie. I mean, it doesn't get played much in my house, to be honest. I, I, it doesn't. It doesn't get played here a lot um, either. Uh, on the Pixar movies, by far, um, Cars and Monsters, the Monsters movies get played the most. And lately, my kids have been on a Finding Dory uh, kick, which I just I'm not a fan. I'm not of, either. And, Finding me, Nemo or Finding Dory. I just can't stand those movies. Nemo um, was fine, but Dory is not good. I rewatched Cars 3 lately, though, because they were watching it. I'm sorry. And that was, that, was a, that was not a bad movie. It's fine. It was not a bad movie. It's it's really pretty to look at. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's very good. Um, But, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of really any of the Cars movies, to be honest. Um, no, I, I liked the first one. You know what I liked better than cars was, um, planes. planes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a weird one. Cause that's not actually a Pixar movie. Um, I don't remember what happened with that. It, it somehow didn't end up being a Pixar movie, but I think it was still produced by Pixar or Disney Who or something it, like then? that. I'm not sure where that falls on the list, but it, it, when you, if you look up a list of Pixar movies, it is not on there. Yeah, there was planes and then planes, fire and rescue, and I thought both of them were very good. I like, I always enjoyed both of them. I'm not a huge fan of planes, but planes, fire and rescue is dynamite. Yeah. That movie rocks. I love that movie. I've told a lot of people that, and they're like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "I'm serious." And I think it was a direct. I don't even think it had a theatrical release. It didn't. I don't think so. But that is a great movie. I love it. I really like that. I movie. love that movie so much. We used to watch it all the time. I can't get the boys to watch it much anymore, but. Um, I would watch that. Um, any I point still in time. watch Planes, both movies, a lot. And in fact, they were just watching Planes the other day. I, they probably watched that more than Cars. We haven't gotten out of continuously watching Frozen Two. Yeah, we're, you know, it comes and goes. It ebbs and flows here. Um, it's just Graham, my youngest son. All he wants to do is watch Frozen Two. He just loves it and sits there and watches the movies. He absolutely loses it like laughing his ass off when Olaf is you know he names all the little spirit things and he's walking through the forest and he says Samantha and like <laughs> looking down the hole and he loses it he just laughs his ass off whenever he says Samantha and he like repeats him and he's like laughing and he'll say Samantha <laughs> just like crack it up and it's so funny to watch but it, to be honest, even though we've watched it so many times, I'm fine with it. Like it doesn't bother me that we're watching it so much. Yeah, um, no, it, no, it doesn't bother me either. Uh, I think it's fun. Sky, you know, she'll, you'll hear her from the other room singing it, and she knows like every word to every song. Yeah, I think and, we're and she'll all just sit there and now, right? play and sing it, and uh, it's great. Uh, you know, I think it's good for that. It's a, it's, it's good. It's good to have a. A musical-based movie like that um, be so popular because, you know, I think musicals it, are, are yeah, good. Yeah, that's great. And did you yeah. know, if you were a Patreon subscriber uh, this last week, you could have heard a Snarfioki by uh, yours truly and you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about that. We, we did a little we, uh, Snarfioki. Where we may have sang a Frozen 2 song. 
We did. We did. We sang the title track from Frozen 2. A bit of a duet. And yeah. I believe it's some of our best work that we've ever Really? Done. Oh, yeah. I have to listen to it back. I, I, re- I recall it being pretty good, so we'll see. It's just so fun to do, regardless of what they sound like. If you guys ever <laughs> have a chance to just record yourself sing um, and take it seriously when you do it and then listen to it back and you're like, wow, what a, what a take joke. Take it deadly seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just so fun to do. And I think a lot of people enjoy those, but you can get them only on Patreon now. We're not... You know, here's a little tidbit, too, is that a lot of people don't know that we had hidden tracks back in the day that were on the end of some of our episodes. I can't, for the life of me, remember what episodes we had hidden tracks on now, but I know earlier in our podcast run, um, we had hidden tracks. Because I don't know if you know this or not, Chris, we've crested the 70 mark on Oh, yeah, I didn't. We're coming up on our 75th here pretty pretty quick pretty soon this is 71 that we're on right now um and that's a huge milestone you know we're 71 episodes and we're quarantine recording over skype that's dedication my friend Uh, approximately two miles apart from each (laughs) yes yes we are exactly like two miles apart as the crow flies yeah well anyway crazy times it is strange Desperate measures, I guess. Desperate yeah. times. You know, I just feel like we're doing, you know, we're doing the right thing. And if we're in the public eye, the world's eye, if you will, because we are, you know, we're worldwide. Um, we so should technically we play our part. Technically, we can record because it's a gathering of less than five people and we are six feet apart. However... It's on my opinion right now that uh, we're going to know a lot more information in the next two weeks, I think, good or bad. I think yeah. we're just going to have more resources and information available yes. to us to make better decisions. But we're stuck in this really weird dichotomy right now where we don't have information or resources. So it it's kind of like we're out in the Wild West here. So yeah, I think is. with couple weeks more time as more as this testing rolls out i really think you're going to see strategies start to evolve that that haven't taken shape yet um strategies that revolve around testing people and starting to phase people back into the workforce now sure. that's not going to happen until we get antibody testing on a wide scale which we're probably a month or more away from but at least having rapid testing available, you know, testing in that two to four hour window, right. um, I think is I think is going to make a huge difference. Um, and they I do, really do, and they do have those four hour tests coming out and making it available to medical personnel, right? Like, isn't that something yeah. that's being pushed out? Yeah, but I think it's going to be a couple weeks before that really is scaled up enough, you know, to make a difference. I mean, because like Illinois is doing 10,000 tests a day, something like that. That's nothing, but that's nothing. Yeah. I mean, the grand you should be able, you know, if you feel a tickle in your throat, we need to get to a point where when you feel a tickle in your throat, you're going somewhere and being tested immediately. And that test is accurate and quick. So we're almost there. You know, here's my question, though, is like, what's. Why is that good to do? Because if you, let's say you have a tickle in your throat for like a day and you go and get tested right away and then 
a week, you know, it, go, it goes away and you're fine. And a week later, all of a sudden you have it again. And you're like, well, crap, the first time I was negative, but maybe I got it now because I went to Walmart or something. And you go back. And then you just have all these multiple tests that you I think can't that keep you up gotta, with. I think you got to be, we got to be able to handle that. I mean, how do you do that? How do you handle so many multiple people that continuously come and get tested because they're either one, hypochondriac, or two, like maybe weren't positive the first time but were the second time? You know, or do people like not go and get tested again and spread it all around because they've already been tested once and said, well, no, I know I don't have it. Yeah, I don't know the answer to those questions, but I think we'll, as that testing evolves, we'll probably have strategies that are more efficient. But really, it's going to take the antibody testing. That's what we really need. The testing that tells us, have you already had it or not? So um, what, yeah, what's that? I haven't even heard of this. Like, that's a thing that they're doing? Or? It's already out, um, but it's it's very limited. It's a more involved process. But eventually, it's going, they're, they have it down right now to, to the, they just don't have enough manufactured. But they have the science nailed down to where it can be a male at home kit where you prick your finger and put a piece of blood on it and it works just like a pregnancy test. And it tells you, have you already had this really? and have you recovered from it? And so the, the technology is all there right now. It's just a matter of production and scaling that and getting that out there. And that's ultimately a month from now, that's how we're going to phase everything back online is, and they're doing this in other countries and they're going to do it here probably too where you're going to go in and get a test and it says, Hey, you have the antibodies. You've already had this and recovered You're you get a passport or a green card or a, something, an app on your phone or something that says I can be out and about, I can yeah. go back to work. I can go to the store. Um, and you know, if you don't have that, you're going to continue to stay at home. That's crazy. That, that's yeah. unbelievable. But you say it's it is out. They're doing that in other countries, or yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's just starting to roll out. That technology is just coming to fruition now, and but it is out and it's it's getting scaled right now. And that's the same thing. They're doing other things with testing. That's why I'm. It's hard for us to sit here and speculate because they're doing some interesting things in Germany with specifically with healthcare workers. Well, they'll come in and do block testing, so they'll go in say your wife and 20 other nurses and they will put all of their samples together yeah. as, as one test. And if that test comes back negative, all those 20 people are good to go. If it oh, comes wow. back positive, then all they'll the come back and individually test each person. Holy and God. that's a way to do it quicker. But see, that's all done changing now with this rapid four hour test you know, that they've developed in Illinois, actually. Um, oh, they did? Yeah, in Abbott Labs, which is up in the north side or, of Chicago. Yes, Abbott Labs. That's what uh, a Amy had said. She's like, oh, yeah, Abbott Labs. Like, yeah. it was like a common thing. It's yeah, it's a huge anymore. company. Um, so real quick, a couple other things. I There's two other things that I watched that I forgot about that I do want to talk about. And one other thing. So we have a um, a listener that I work with all the time, and he... Had I had given him stickers because he, you know, I worked with him and I knew he listened all the time and he's very active. And he had also given us a gift, which I haven't been able to give you. So my last days at uh, 
working at the same facility as him are coming to a close. I'm going to be working at a new facility. Um, and before I left, I'm not going to see him uh, much anymore because we changed the schedule around because of this whole pandemic stuff. So I'm not going to see him for a while. And he had made us a gift and gave it to me the other day. And he made us coasters out of our stickers. Oh, that's awesome. So I'll, if you guys ever get to see the, uh, the oh, video, they're like real, they're like ceramic. They're, they're real ceramic coasters. Yes. And he made it out of each sticker. So the, the newest sticker that we made and the, the old sticker that's sitting around in my house, but he made us one of each, um, and gave it to me. So it's really cool. Well, that, that's perfect. Cause we need them for our podcast table. I know we do. And we could have, and I've, I have four of them now. I, I was going to give you your two when we recorded, but since we're not recording together, I haven't been able to give them to you, but yeah, he, he made them to us. So Craig, thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, and we got more stickers coming for you. And then for everybody that's a Patreon subscriber, uh, we just got a whole brand new batch of stickers with, a. Uh, new art that we got done from uh eric macias so nice. those will be going out here well after covid 19 is done <laughs> <laughs> maybe i mean we can send them in the mail right just yeah, disinfect we, we them. can or yeah, i'll we'll, disinfect we'll, them and wear gloves and send them in the mail like i did the last time uh, yeah so lice all them put on gloves wash your hands put on gloves lice all them put them in the envelopes dump some white powder in with them yes yeah, just to freak them. people out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's a good idea. I had the anthrax vaccine, so I'm good. I get. I'm is fine. It, it's probably not a lifelong vaccine. I think it's ten years, which yeah. I've, it, which would be expired by now. So that yeah. sucks. But uh, okay, so the other. But two you can th- now you can listen to the band again. Oh, that's right. I can. I never liked anthrax. Not much. Well, no, I don't think anybody ever really did. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, so the other two things I watched are Netflix specials from uh, a stand-up special from Burt Kreischer. Oh, okay, uh, I haven't seen that one. He's yet. a comedian uh, that... I'm actually not a huge fan of his stand-up, to be honest with you. Is out. And then there was another stand-up from Tom Segura. Uh, I did watch that, that last night. Did you watch it? I'm really glad. Yeah. So Burt Kreischer is good. Um, I liked... I liked this stand up. I was never really a big fan of it either. Um, but this one was pretty funny. I thought it was really thought thought it was really good. Then I saw Tom Segura's and I was like, ooh, he's way better than lights what, out. Uh, yeah. than what Bert is. Like that stand up was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, um, I thought it was great. I wouldn't like I didn't think it was anything like amazing. I wouldn't call it like it, it's not um, like new Dave Chappelle good because that new no. Dave Ch- Chappelle special is one of the best things I think I've ever seen. Um, it's but really, I think really it was funny, though. Really Bill entertaining. Burr. Oh, yeah, definitely. Honestly, it was it was up there. I, you know, I, I forgot to mention this. I just got an email. Um, well, because I'm Tom part of Segura? the ma- no, because uh, I'm part of the mailing list for Louis C.K., and he yes. just put out a new special. Did he really? And but- yeah, and and just like all his last two or three specials, you you only get them from his website. Um, you pay seven ninety nine, I think it costs to rent it or to to get it. You yeah. rent it for a year for one year. Okay. And um, his new stand up special is out, and I'm a huge was am a huge fan of his. So yeah. I you know um, I want to watch that, but I didn't. 
I didn't have time to watch it, or I wasn't going to watch it last night because I was trying to figure out how I can get my TV, my computer on my TV to get it from the internet. Anyway, blah blah blah. <laughs> so I ended up watching the Tom Segura one, and yeah, I I, I was laying in bed laughing out loud multiple multiple times. Yeah. I really thought it was. Funny. So Amy's never usually been a big fan of watching uh, stand up stuff, and so I just put these on to watch on my own because I just assumed she's not going to watch them. And she came out and was sitting there. She was just like on her phone, and the show was playing. And she ends up like putting her phone down, laughing out loud because she was hearing these jokes and then got like very involved in watching it because it was that good. And for her to do that means that it has to be pretty good because she just won't do it for anything that she thinks is like mildly funny. Um, yeah, it, it, it was by far the best. Other than Chappelle, it's been the best stand up I've seen in a long time. Like I watched Jim Gaffigan's new special. I didn't think it was very good. Yeah, it um, was that was fine. I laughed at it a lot, but it wasn't anything he he's had a lot better. Yeah. You know. And I liked Louis CK a lot too, but I you were like stuttering about like I like or did like or do like any of their personal things that happen in life has nothing to do with their stand up and like you can think somebody's funny and enjoy their stand up specials even though they've been like a perpetual harasser you know what yeah. i mean like i don't know what they well, do and, like, and in his case i mean i don't know that anything he did i mean the overreaction there was a massive overreaction to what he actually did he did a lot of creepy shit but yeah he didn't really do anything wrong i don't think but um that's beside the fact i mean i don't care no i, I think he's an absolute genius uh and we went and saw him together and it was one i i literally had physical pain like yeah. in my abdomen, my chest, my face, because it was like nonstop laughing as hard as you could laugh. And he, he it's unbelievable. He's he he's did. on a level right up there with Chappelle. So I want to see his new special as soon as possible. Yeah. And I I didn't even know that he was working again or like getting anybody to film his stuff because he's been so blackballed and oh no no he's been working he's been developing this special um over the last year in clubs all over the u.s he's been doing theaters he's been doing all kinds of stuff oh okay in fact he was just in chicago before all this not that long ago i was thinking about getting tickets that's good to hear but but he's gonna get no big network to pick it up like he so he's not gonna get a netflix or amazon to he doesn't care. He's been off that model for a while now. He he makes oh. more money doing it on his own website um, really? than he does. Because yep. I, I really mm-hmm. feel like like Jim Gaffigan kind of touched on Jim it Gaffigan. a little bit. He made a ton of money from Amazon putting his special on there. Like, yes, but he did it too on his last one I, uh, before this. I think Gaffigan released it on his own website too. And I think he made a lot of money on that as well. So I think it just depends. Um, but he's going to make a boatload of money either way. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like before, before any of this happened, he was the hottest comedian in the world. Oh yeah. So he, he would have made, he would have made, you know, a hundred million dollars, which is what Dave Chappelle made from Netflix. Probably a hundred million dollars. He did. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Shit. Well, he signed a development deal for, for so many specials. So he's already done three and he's got, he signed a deal for so many things. Anything he does, basically, he signed a deal with Netflix. Unbelievable. Isn't that it was just, crazy? It, yeah, it is. And so did like Chris Rock. 
Uh, he signed a deal with Netflix. Um, What's he doing? And this, did he, um, well, he's not Chris done produces, a special or anything. I don't know if he, he's got one coming out or what. I'm sure he's got one coming out at some point. But, you know, he produces a lot of shows, too. Chris yeah, Rock does. Um, you know, he writes and produces a lot of stuff. So I'm sure he's got something. Whatever and, happened to Bill Cosby? Isn't he going to put something out soon? <laughs> Too soon? Too soon? I don't know if he's going to survive <laughs> the uh, COVID-19 in a prison. No, probably won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I guess he won't be doing anything. No, I thought, uh, but yeah, it, so I uh, also listened to them on Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan had them back on. Like he had a, yeah, like I, a listened to, I listened to like lineup come on recently and uh Bert I think Bert was way better on the podcast than he was in his stand up. And then yeah, I, anytime I I've listened to Tom Segura like just talk, like he seems like just this really nice, genuine kind of uh like mild mannered guy. And then this was kind of the first stand up I really paid attention to of his that just came out. And it blew me away because it was so good. And now I kinda wanna go back and listen and watch some of his older stuff. I absolutely 100% agree with that because he does come off as such just like a normal nice guy and he is ruthless. Oh my god. In his comedy special. <laughs> yeah. To a, and I didn't expect it at all. No. It completely blew me away. I'm like, "Wait a minute. I didn't know he was like this at and, all." And he kind of built up to it because in the beginning it wasn't too aggressive, but then all yeah. of a sudden he starts laying out these jokes and <laughs> It was so funny and like just caught me so off guard that yeah I, I think that's why I, I, I like enjoy it. him a lot. I, I listen to his Joe Rogan too. I enjoyed it. I'm just I guess I'm just not a huge fan of Burt Kreischer. I don't really care for his stand up all that much. And then I also like his just whole kind of persona just kind of annoys me to be honest. Yeah, but, I can understand that. I, the only reason uh, I've gotten into him more is just because of Joe Rogan, and then his Instagram feed is great. Like I, yeah. I liked watching his Instagram. Stories. I do watch his Instagram sometime, and yeah, I do like them. The one I listened to today was Joe Rogan, um, because I'm trying to catch back up on him, and he had um, it's one of my favorites is Eric Weinstein. Eric Weinstein. Yeah, did he have him uh, on a Skype? One wasn't that the Skype guy? I don't know if he was on Skype or not. It didn't sound like it, but he's like a theoretical physicist. Um, it must not have been. He had one guy I, on recently that was just on Skype that they videoed. I don't like think doing. so. But he's been on there quite a, a few times. His brother, Brett Weinstein, has also been on there a bunch. And he's an evolutionary psychologist. And he's absolutely brilliant. Wow. But Eric I'm, I, I, Eric is on there uh, quite a bit, too. And he's I really enjoy him. I actually just um, subscribed to his podcast. It's called The Portal. Sounds super interesting. He talks a lot about mathematics and uh physics and theory and but as it relates to all different kinds of things um as it relates to politics not 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 politics but um all different kinds of things but it was interesting he's just it, i liked i like listening to really really smart um people but also really really smart people that are have like are like philosophical in nature yeah um and I really enjoy that. And I want to listen to his new podcast. But there was kind of a big revelation from that podcast. And it's kind of blowing up on the internet and Twitter. And I don't know if you saw it or not. But um, Joe Rogan said on the podcast that 
he dislikes Joe Biden so much that he would vote for Trump over Biden. He said that? He said it on the podcast and it is blowing up the world. I didn't even see any of this, which is really strange that I wouldn't have seen it recently. But was this just like last week or over the weekend? I think it, yeah, it came out yesterday. Oh, okay. Or something. Um, uh, no. Or maybe I, Friday. See, I'm I'm only like a weekday kind of guy to listen to the to his podcast and see anything that he's doing. So that blows me away. I think it's a little unfairly. I think it's a little unfairly being rolled with because it was clearly just like a throw off comment. Um, But his major point was just like, he can't get behind. He just thinks like cognitively there's an issue going on with Joe Biden. That's still a pretty big stance and a pretty big like statement to make on his specific podcast. I think he knows Absolutely. the weight of what his podcast is doing politically and like Absolutely. throughout the Certainly. world. Certainly. So him just saying that, I think it's he could lose a, a lot of uh, a lot of followers from that, but he could gain a lot too and I, I don't he doesn't care, but it makes he no doesn't difference care. to him. He's got more to gain than he has to lose, I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think he justified it well when he said it and he didn't make it. It's not like he you know, said think, it in a way. I think he's always done that justifying like his point of view or the points of view of people on his show. I think he does a very good job of justifying where they come from and putting it all on a level playing field, not just saying like, we're going to give you our opinions on these and this is what you have to live with. That's not what they're doing. He's saying like, I want to make this uh, like open for everyone to have the discussion so that you can get clear points from both sides of the story on, yeah. on everything. Like that's no, from not science, on, not to, on agriculture. Well, right. He hasn't had anything on ag- agriculture on there. You're right. Yeah, right. You should write into him. I have many, many times. Oh, have you? Oh, yes. I didn't know that. I've actually, yeah, many, many times. Um, that one thing drives me crazy. But I did think it was interesting that Eric Weinstein brought up. He said, uh, you know, before Amy Klobuchar dropped out of the race for um, president, or at, right after, there was like five major candidates left in the running. So it had been like Bernie, um, Trump, uh, Biden. Uh, Elizabeth Warren and somebody else or, and Bloomberg that when those people were left. Yeah. And there, there, there were, there was not a single candidate running that had been born. That wasn't born in the 1940s. Amy Klobuchar was born in 1961. She, she when she dropped out, everybody left was in their seventies. Every single one of those candidates, if elected would be the oldest person ever to be elected president. Wow. And it's just a, it's not, it's not the, it's not the right thing to be doing. It's no. not what we, should, what we should be doing in this country. <laughs> yeah. That I didn't, I didn't even realize that. I didn't realize. And I'm not, I mean, I and guess I'm I not knew dis- that they were older, but I'm not discrediting older people. I, I do believe that older people um, have more, can have, can have more wisdom to impart sure. and can have better judgment than younger people. The the real problem is the um, the absolute stress and you know that job and how much how it affects a person. Yes, I can't imagine how it affects them, and I think about it often. 
about their schedule. You know, like you talk about like, yeah, the president went here for a vacation or was playing golf or like Obama being at Camp David, you know, often and things like that. Like, but their day to day is just has to be nonstop. Can you imagine Trump's day to day right now? No. I I mean, it's insanity. He's in, he's in, they have press conferences every day, all day long, basically. Yeah, basically all day. And then. I guarantee you he's being filled with updates on things all day long, plus still having other meetings. Like, when do they have time to watch TV, you know? And as a as 70-something-year-old person that Trump is, I, honestly, and I don't agree with a lot of what's he's done or what, how his administration has handled things, especially as it relates to the, this pandemic. Um, but he looks pretty good. <laughs> For having that much pressure going on and being in his 70s, honestly, like he seems to be weathering it pretty well. Um, but I do like the idea that you have, a, you know, and, and whether you agree with Obama or not on any of his politics. And there's certainly a lot I didn't agree with. And there was there was some I did. I, You know, I had my certainly issues with him because um, but it, it, there is a certain comfort to having the president be the president and then they're done. And they like still have a life to live and then still have, they still like have years to be in the public spotlight. Like whether you agree with him on the issues or not, it's nice that Obama as a former president is like still in the consciousness. Right. Yeah. I I know. I I know what you mean. It's a weird like transitional comfort that you get from it, whether you like that person or not. And you know, I don't like I said, I don't agree with a lot of his stuff, but I also don't irrationally hate him like a lot of people do. Um, I, I don't know how you can. I mean, right. <laughs> I don't know how you can just irrationally hate anybody just because they're in a certain form of politics. And like, we don't know what's actually happening behind the scenes and we don't know how they really are as a person. You know, like I don't think so, most of them know. I think they're just puppets for the most part. Yeah, to wha- whatever is going on. You know, in, in the in the grand scheme of things, if anything, you know, Trump's probably the least of that because I, he just clearly doesn't care. What yes, he does I mean, I think he's that's made true. that very clear that he just clearly doesn't care about news agencies, especially like in all of those press conferences. He's He's basically just like yelling at every of the every one of the reporters saying like, well, you specifically lied about me at this point in time. And it's so off topic a lot of the times that I'm just kind of yeah. like, OK, come on, like, let's can I just know a lot of what's it's happening? A lot of it's ridiculous. Some of it you're like, it's funny. Some of it is like, you know what? Some of these people deserve to get completely chewed out because when you're sitting it during a pandemic at a press conference and you ask the stupidest question known yeah. to man, you just, which happens all the time. Some Not of these every questions single are time. so stupid. And I, you just look at him and you're like, how do you even get in the room? Like that is the most idiotic question that you could be asking right now at this point in time. So there's a lot of idiot, you know, stupid idiot on that. Yeah. But then you get Trump going out on Twitter and talking about and bragging about his ratings. Did I you know. see that? Yeah, I did. That I, is, I don't know why you would do that. Especially Horrible. right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you do that really ever. Um, because w- what does it matter at that point? You're I mean, bragging you're... about the ratings of your emergency press conferences, daily press conferences, 
dealing with. Yeah, of course people pandemic. are looking into this. Like, of course people are watching you. <laughs> it's just like, come on, dude. You gotta. I don't know. Like, he's just. I just really, not, I just, just really wish the, the whole. It's never gonna happen, but I just really wish the whole political, like, part of this is taken out of it. You know what I mean? Like like worrying about ratings and stuff. I think they all do that in a way. I think he's just so open about it and tweets about shit so much that yeah. it's it's right in your face. But I think all of them at the core are all worried about that kind of stuff and want oh, to yeah. do something I mean, to try to make their ratings better. When right now nobody cares about that at all. Well, and I, I see both sides of it. I mean, like the Democrats sat up there and just like bashed him and called him racist for shutting down the border, you know, travel to China. Yeah. And they weren't <laughs> even talking about any of this when that was going on. You right. know, they weren't even talking about this. They were talking about something else completely. And, and then the second that he does that, they bash him for that. And then two weeks later, they're just bash him. Cause they're like, well, you haven't done it enough. You've mishandled all this. And you're like, what? You were two weeks ago. You didn't even want me to handle any of it. <laughs> I mean, come on. It, it, they're just, they're, there's some real, real monumental idiots on both sides. But um, it's really disconcerting because you, what you find through all this is that um, there is no, and, and I'm fine with this, by the way, but there is nobody that's going to save you. <laughs> you know yes, yes. these people don't yes. know what they're doing you know what i mean for the no. most part no they don't know how to handle individual lives you know like and it's bureaucrats and politicians from the top down from the federal government all the way down to the local administrative level all the way down every single bureaucrat in between and at every level is basically yeah you know and and I, i'm there's probably a lot of good ones out there that are doing a lot of great things like in the cdc and and um you know stuff sure, like that you're just, but. they're just so handcuffed by the whole political scheme you know like everybody is yeah. very handcuffed by what has to happen politically and i think that in and of itself is like a crime because you're holding back what could help people you know yeah because they have to go by a certain like i don't know structure i guess but uh oh. Anyway, We're talking about politics, Jerry. That needs to you started immediately. It. I, just I thought did. Tom I apologize. Was great. And if I offended you <laughs> in any way, shape, or form, sorry, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you might um, want to tweet about I, that. And I also didn't really think through any of my topic there. So there you go. That's fine. But we've uh, reached our time, Christopher, for this episode. Um, and we will hopefully see you again for another episode, which we may Skype again. Boy, that went quick. And uh, hopefully it doesn't sound like shit. And um, let us know where you guys are on your brackets because we haven't really looked at them in a couple of weeks. But we, we will probably squirm around um, in the next round and we'll have our uh, final four. Yeah, you will right? get scoring for uh, round three and round four. And uh, we'll go from there. I mean, the next, next the next time we do it, we're gonna find out who is in our championship. Are we gonna are we gonna do the final four and the championship at the same time? Uh, do you, yeah, we can. Because that's what we were gonna do before. Yeah, I think we should. We'll do that. So next week, next week will be the end. It'll the be end the of end Stark of Madness. everything. 
Not this of Snuff the, Talk. Uh, no. Just of Snuff Madness. It might be the end of the world. No. As no. we know it. Nope. It's not. I'm not doom and gloom. I'm very positive, and I think... It's the end of the world as we know it. No, as we know it, it'll go back to normal at some point. But I feel fine, Jerry. I do, too. I completely I'm, feel fine, Mr. R.E.M. I'm singing. I'm singing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So for uh, Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See, See you. Ya.